You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 165. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today we are talking about how to troubleshoot your biggest webinar challenges. Now, if you are doing webinars right now and things aren't going as you had hoped, or if you're thinking about doing webinars or you've done webinars in the past and the results were less than dismal, so you're a little gun shy to do them again, then you, my friend, are in the perfect place right now. This is a must-listen-to podcast if you are in any of those scenarios. Now, before we get into the troubleshooting areas that I want to dive into today, I want to talk to you about something that came up in one of my Facebook groups. So recently, I have been reworking my List Builders Lab program. So if you're in List Builders Lab, you're going to get a whole lot of brand new content coming your way. And if you've been thinking about joining my list building program, it's going to be brand new very, very soon. So I'll talk about that when we go live with the brand new stuff. But I've been diving into surveys about the program from my students, ways to make it better, where they're struggling. If they're not getting to the finish line, why is that? And so I have over 350, at this point, it might be more like 400 surveys that I've collected and literally pouring over all of the details. And then I took all of that information and asked more questions in my List Builders Lab Facebook group to really narrow down some of the big topics. As a side note, next week's episode is how I rework an existing online training program. Since I'm doing it right now with List Builders Lab, I thought I would share with you exactly how I rework a program. That's next week's episode number 166. Anyway, that's a side note. So I've been in the thick of redoing this program, looking over surveys, and here's something that has come up again and again and again, the word overwhelm any which way you want to say it. I'm overwhelmed. This is feeling overwhelming. Overwhelm is taking over. Overwhelm, overwhelm, overwhelm. I hear that word probably 20 times a day from my students in my groups. And then the word is probably the most used word throughout all of these surveys. And because I was just really intensely into these surveys the other day, it just really stuck out to me that We use this word way too much to hold us back. And the reason that I'm bringing it up here, and forgive me, my students who have already heard this in the group, stay with me here. But the reason I'm bringing it up now is that you can't keep telling yourself that you're overwhelmed all the time, because guess what's going to happen? You're going to stay overwhelmed. There's nothing good that could come out of telling yourself every day, I'm stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. This is too hard. I can't figure out the tech. And I mentioned this somewhere else. I don't think on the podcast, but I recently had lunch with a good friend of mine, Elizabeth Dialto. And Elizabeth and I go way back to our Marie Forleo mastermind days. And she said that she hears this a lot in her groups as well. 
And she's a tough little New Yorker. And she said, this is what I say to my students. I say, if you're so overwhelmed, if you're so stressed out, if you're miserable, then maybe you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Maybe you should go back to your nine to five job or just quit this whole idea altogether. Just don't do it because no one said you have to do this. You definitely do not have to build a business online. You do not have to be an entrepreneur. And she said, when I tell them that, I notice instantly that I get pushback. And she said, I love it. I want the pushback. I want to tell my students, then fine, don't do it. And I want them to say, what? No way. You can't take this away from me. I am going to build this business. I am going to be a badass entrepreneur. This is mine. Watch out world. And she said, I want them to have that fire because the other conversation they're having, I'm overwhelmed. This is too hard. It's stressful is going to get them nowhere but stuck. And so I wanted to share this with you because I thought it was so important for you to hear today. This is a lesson I have to learn as well. We can't keep talking about the overwhelm. It's too much. We're we're saying it too much. We're living it too much. You got to change the conversation. You know, it's all about mindset, right? You know that in your bones. However, we still stay stuck in our mind. So instead of saying today, this is overwhelming. This is too much. This is too stressful. I'm overwhelmed. Instead of saying that, let's flip the switch on the conversation we're having in our head. And instead, try something like, okay, today I'm going to figure out this one thing. I'm going to take action on one thing today that's going to move me forward. Or I get to do this. That's another thing my husband Hobie talks about a lot with me. So when I go down negative town, because I definitely do, when I start saying, oh, I have to do this, or babe, I can't go to the movies with you right now because I got to get this done. I have to do this. He always helps me and I encourage him to do so. He says, let's flip the switch on that. And let's say you get to, because you don't have to do anything, Amy, you are the boss. Or he'll tease me and say, well, then you should talk to your boss and tell her that this is crap and you're working too much. And right away, it kind of puts me back into state like, oh, wait a second, I'm calling the shots here. So let's start talking about what we get to do. And let's start talking about taking action and putting our head down and doing the work versus talking about how stressed out and overwhelmed we are. Okay. Does that sound good? Just today, just focus on today. Watch what you're saying to yourself. Really be careful what you're saying to your husband or your wife or your friends, what you're saying to yourself in your head. Let's flip the switch on that conversation because it's getting us nowhere. Deal? Okay. So let's get into today's episode all about troubleshooting your biggest webinar challenges. So as I mentioned in the beginning, If you've ever had challenges with webinars or if you want to do webinars and you're a little bit worried about how much work they take or how complicated they might be, today is like a checklist of different areas that you can troubleshoot to make sure that if you're stuck, you can move through it. And if you haven't tried it yet, that you can sidestep some of these big mistakes. Now, of course, I have a freebie for this episode because I want to make it incredibly actionable for you. The freebie is called your webinar problem solving toolkit, and it is a series of checklists categorized by different categories that we're going to go over in this episode today that will help you become a webinar detective, carefully zeroing in on those areas that aren't working quite as they should be. 
So you're going to love the webinar problem solving toolkit, because if you're in webinars right now, you can use it literally in this moment or save it on your computer. And when you are doing webinars next, take it out and really use it to make sure that you've got everything covered. So to get your hands on the webinar problem solving toolkit, go to amyporterfield.com forward slash one six five download, or you can text the phrase one six five download to the number three, three, four, four, four. I'll talk about that freebie a little bit more at the end, but let's get to it. Now it's important that you actually listen to this episode, not just grab the freebie and say, I'm not doing webinars right now. I'll get to it later because I am going to share with you a very personal experience that I've gone through and something that I've never talked about before, but a strategy I'm using right now to troubleshoot a challenge in my business. And it's going to be the very last strategy I share with you today because it kind of sums up everything that might be going wrong in a campaign you're doing and it identifies what's going wrong. So even if it's not a webinar campaign, maybe you're doing a challenge or a video series or an email marketing campaign, whatever it is, this final strategy I'm going to share with you on this episode could totally identify what exactly is not working. It's so good, but I want to save it to the end. Okay. So let's go ahead and we're going to dive into three areas of troubleshooting your webinar. Challenge number one, my Facebook ads aren't converting. Challenge number two, my webinar registration page isn't converting. And challenge number three, my webinar isn't converting. And when I get to challenge number three, that's when I'm going to share this very personal troubleshooting strategy that I've been using in my business and that I want you to use in yours as well. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Challenge number one, my Facebook ads aren't converting. Now I'm going to go over a few areas, the most important areas that you want to pay close attention to if your webinar ads are not turning into webinar registration leads. However, in the freebie, I add even more areas that you can look into. So the freebie is going to have a lot more included, but this episode is going to get more into detail about the areas that are most important for you to troubleshoot. So when it comes to ads, you can probably guess that the first conversation I want to have with you is around targeting. Now, if you're having trouble with getting your ideal audience to actually click on your ad, meaning you feel that there might be very little interest in your webinar topic because your ads are running and nobody's paying attention. One reason for this might be your ad targeting. Now, another reason for this might be you missed the mark on your webinar topic. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but let's just say that you might've missed the mark on who you're putting your ad in front of on Facebook. So let's talk about that. In terms of targeting, if there's one area in your business, not just with the ads, but if there's one area in your business where I want you to become an expert, it's ad targeting. Even if you plan to hire someone to do your ads, I want you to hand over a list of targeting opportunities that you've personally researched, at least to give the person who's doing your ads a jumping off point. So I love the idea of using a Google doc to keep a running list of all of your targeting ideas, a list of all the pages on Facebook 
that you've either tested yourself already or you want somebody to test for you and all of the retargeting combinations that you've thought of as possibilities. Again, you want to master this area in order to optimize every penny you spend on ads. So when it comes to the fact that maybe nobody is paying attention to your ads, they're just not even clicking on your ads or very few people are clicking on your ads and nobody's actually opting into your webinar, I would start with the targeting. I would make sure that you're using multiple ways to target on Facebook. So I want to make sure that you are targeting other people's Facebook pages. I want to make sure that you're targeting your own Facebook fans. You're targeting your own email list if you have one. And most importantly, I think, is that you are retargeting. You're retargeting everybody that does click the ad and goes to the registration page but doesn't actually opt in. You're retargeting everybody that comes to your website or maybe comes to specific pages on your website that have to do with your webinar topic. You're retargeting in any way possible. You can even retarget the people that are engaging on your Facebook page, or I've talked about it a lot, retargeting anybody who views one of your Facebook live recordings on your Facebook page. You could retarget all those video views, whether they watch live or they watch the recording. Retargeting is definitely where it's at. So if you're not doing all of these things, you definitely are not doing enough with your Facebook ads. And this is one area that you can troubleshoot. This is where I want you to start if your ads are not converting well. Now, I have some resources for you. So if you think, okay, Amy, I really haven't honed in on the targeting opportunities for my ads. So it's not really fair to say that they're not working because my targeting sucks. That's okay. You can say that. Sometimes that happens. So because of that, I want you to listen to episode number 92, Facebook ad targeting 101. I did that episode with Rick Mulready, one of my favorite episodes. And I want you to listen to episode number 138, of Rick's podcast. So Rick did a episode just recently and it was called Facebook ad objectives, what they mean and how to use them. So even before you get to targeting, you have to choose the ad objective and the ad objective works in hand with your ad targeting. And that's why I wanted to bring it up here. Rick literally just texted me yesterday and he said, I did a really, really good podcast episode. People have been asking me about how to choose the objective for my actual ad campaigns. And I thought, oh my gosh, perfect timing because I want to tell my audience about that. So it's at rickmulready.com episode 138. I'm going to give you a lot of links in this episode and I'm going to include all of the links in the show notes. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 165 can be your one-stop shop. Everything you need to know in terms of links will be waiting for you there at the end of the show notes. Now, before I go any further, I want to tell you this. I'm going to give you a lot of troubleshooting opportunities today. This is a really good mini training for you to troubleshoot your webinar, but you can't get off the webinar. And one, you can't say I'm so overwhelmed because the goal here is you to choose one area and only focus on that first. So if I give you a list of 10 ways to troubleshoot your webinar, you are only allowed to choose one 
and say, I'm just going to focus there. I'm going to have blinders on to the other nine things that Amy have said. I don't know if it's 10. I didn't count, but you get the point. I'm going to put on blinders. I'm not going to think of the nine other things. I'm only going to focus on this one thing. That's how you be overwhelmed. You don't allow yourself to swim in all of the opportunities and all of the ideas. You choose just one. So promise me, pinky swear, you're only going to do just one of the things that I suggest today. After you do that, you can move on to the next thing. And that's why I created the freebie for you. So you won't forget what the next thing is you want to move on to with troubleshooting. It will just be there in a beautifully designed PDF. Okay, moving on. So we talked about targeting. When it comes to your Facebook ads, if they're not converting well, it might be your ad image or your ad copy. If you're running a static image ad, I definitely want you to try out a few different ad images just to make sure that you're putting some options out there. So what we typically do is for one ad campaign, we might create four or five different ad images. We'll test those ad images against the exact same copy. So we're only comparing apples to apples and we'll run it for, let's say a day or two. And pretty quickly, we'll know which ad images are actually pulling in the right audience. And so then we'll kill the other ones and we won't run them. So I want you to make sure you come to the table with a few different ad images to test, not just start out with one. Also be very careful that you're not using stock images that are way too what I call stocky. Like you don't want them to look like the typical stock images. So no guys in briefcases in a boardroom or a bunch of people in business suits giving high five. Like we know to stay away from that cheesy kind of stuff, right? Well, even more so now, I feel that you can play around with your images and try stuff that you've never done before. And what I mean by that is I want you to look in your newsfeed and I want you to pay attention to the images that are really grabbing your attention. That's the best way to figure out what's working now because so many people are running ads that there's no way you're not seeing them in your newsfeed. And here's another little tip. If you're not seeing a lot of ads in your newsfeed, maybe you need to go and like a bunch more pages on Facebook. Definitely like your competitors' pages because if they're running ads, you definitely want to see them. A lot of people, speaking of targeting earlier, a lot of people will target other Facebook pages. So if you're a fan of a certain Facebook page, you're likely going to see ads in your newsfeed. So what I do is I make sure I'm a fan of a lot of different Facebook pages, a lot of different niches so that I can see a lot of variety of Facebook ads. I want to see the ads in my newsfeed because I'm a student of Facebook ads. I want you to do the same. Okay. So coming back to images I don't want you to use those stock images that are really cheesy. So what I've done is I put together a short list of resources for stock images that don't look cheesy. I know I'm using such a technical term here, right? My designer, Jessica Ray, has some great resources that she shared with me, and I'm going to put them in the show notes. So I think there's at least three different sites I'm going to send you to. They're not all free, but they're worth investing in. And you can look at these images and see if they're going to be something that you want to check out. Okay. So moving on to copy. When you're troubleshooting why your ad is not working, you definitely have to pay attention to the copy as well. Now, remember, you're not going to change up the image and the copy at the same time because then you don't know which one wasn't working. So you're doing these things one by one. But when it comes to copy, conversational. It's got to be conversational. 
and it has to be attention grabbing. So again, when you're in the newsfeed, if you see an ad that grabs your attention, likely it's going to grab your attention because it's a video ad or it has a good image. But second to that, when you start reading the ad copy, is it good? Does it grab your attention? Does it pull you in? Does it make you want to click? If not, if it's boring, what is boring about it? So pay attention to that as well. Now, here's what I do, and I want you to take this action. I want everybody listening to take this action. I want you to make sure you use something like Jing or Snagit or Stitch. So I'll link to all three of those in the show notes, Jing, Snagit, or Stitch. And all of them allow you to take screen grabs, whatever you're seeing on your computer. But beyond just taking a screen grab, the reason I like Stitch the best is I think it takes the most crisp pictures of all those three tools. But Stitch allows me to take an image and then quickly save it as a JPEG or a PNG on my computer. Now, the reason why I actually want to save it as a file is because if you use, let's say, Dropbox, I want you to create a Dropbox folder that says Facebook ad examples. And then in that Dropbox folder, I want you to have three folders from there. One that says add images, one says add copy, one says other. And every time you see a really good ad that has great copy or great imagery or just something different about the ad that you love, take a snapshot of it and save it right then and there. And the reason why I'm taking it one step further and saying, get organized in your Dropbox is because how many times have you taken a snapshot of something that you wanted to remember and you have no idea where it lives on your computer right now? I think we've all been guilty of that. So get organized. Again, you're becoming a student of Facebook ads. So I want you to take those snapshots, file them right away in the folders. And so next time when you sit down to create your ads, you've got this great swipe file of all these examples that you really find valuable and you can use them for inspiration. So I want you to do that today. That is one action I want you to take right away. Okay. Moving on when we're talking about troubleshooting your Facebook ads. If you've been using static image ads since the day you started running ads, then I want you to consider doing a video ad instead. In almost every instance that I've seen in my business, a video ad will convert way better than a static image ad. Now, if you're going to do a video ad, I would make sure that you look at some resources and get some tips on doing video ads. Rick Mulready talks about them on his podcast. Digital Marketer has a podcast called Perpetual Traffic. They talk about video ads. So before you do them, learn a little bit about how to do a video ad and 1 million percent, it is worth your time and effort to do so. So running a video ad to talk about your webinar and to encourage people to sign up for it, that is a game changer in most situations. So I want you to look into that if you're not doing it yet. And the final thing I'll say about troubleshooting your webinar registration ads is you got to make sure that you have the pixel in all the right places. So Rick and I just did a podcast episode number 163, all about the pixel. If you're just starting out, we talk about the pixel, what it is, why it matters. But if you've been at it for a while and you've already placed your pixel in the right places, we talk about troubleshooting just to make sure you did it right and you're optimizing. So you have to use the pixel. Like there's no way around it. If you're running Facebook ads to fill up a webinar, you must, must, must be using your Facebook pixel. We talk about it in episode 163. Okay, so at this point, I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to shake it out a little, shake your body, and know that I just went over a 
few different ways, a lot of ways that you can test your Facebook ad if it's not converting to get webinar registrants. You're only going to choose one of those at a time, right? And I would say, let's focus on targeting for sure. Okay. So let's just say that you're running a Facebook ad and it's doing well. People are clicking on it and they're coming over to your registration page. But your challenge is that nobody's signing up for your webinar once they hit your webinar registration page. This one happens a lot. I hear this from my students a lot. They say, Amy, I'm getting clicks. 500 people have clicked on my ad. Two people have actually registered for my webinar. Now, this is frustrating because I know it takes a lot of work to set up your ad campaign, set up your registration page, set up all the emails that follow a webinar registration page. Like you've done a lot of work to this point, and now you're literally spending money on your ads. People are clicking, but then they're not signing up. Let's talk about it. Number one, you've got to look at your messaging. Is there an ad to registration page mismatch? Is the copy in your ad aligned with the copy on your landing page. If there's not a clear connection, if the conversation doesn't pick up from the ad onto the reg page, people are not going to trust you enough to give you their valuable asset name and email. So you first need to make sure that the conversation is aligned. Now, here's something that I would love to see you try out. And this is something we've done in our own business and have seen really good results. What we've done is for most of my webinar registration pages, we have taken out all the copy on the reg page, meaning for the most part, you will rarely see bullet points on our registration page. Instead, we put all the goods in the Facebook ad copy the webinar title, what you're going to learn, the bullet points. We put all that information in the ad copy so that when you click on the ad and you come over to our registration page, we usually use some good imagery. I'll talk about that in a second. The title of the webinar, a subtitle and a button. And that's all you're going to find there. Now I want to show you what this looks like. So in the show notes, we actually have an image in the show notes of one of my webinar registration pages that is exactly how I just explained it. But sometimes it's easier to see it than just to hear it. The reason why we do this is when somebody clicks on the ad, we want it to be a no-brainer decision to sign up. And when you go to a registration page and you already have the information about what you're going to learn, the only thing you need to do is click and sign up. You don't need to read everything on the registration page. You don't need to decide if this is something you want to do. You've already decided because of the actual ad. And so this no-brainer decision gets people just to sign up right away, like, boom, I'm signed up. And we have seen a huge increase in conversions from ad to actual landing page signups when we did this. We've been doing this for over a year now, and it works really well. It doesn't work for everybody. It works for my business, but I want you to experiment to see if it works for your business as well. And what you could do is you could run two different ads going to two different landing pages. And you can see, is it the longer landing page that works best with shorter copy in your ad? Or is it a combination of a different way to do it? You get the point. So I want you to try that for sure. Again, an example of the landing page and image of it 
will be at amyporterfield.com forward slash 165. Okay. So speaking of your landing page, I mentioned that we usually use an image that is appealing to my audience, whether it be a image of me so they can identify, oh, I'm signing up for Amy's webinar, or sometimes it's not an image of me at all. Actually, let me see if I can grab two images, making no promises, but I think I could find two different images. One includes me, one doesn't. So you can see the difference. Both of them are converting well. Okay. So imagery matters and lead pages, which is my tool of choice. So if you just go to amyporterfield.com forward slash lead pages, you can check out the tool I use for all of my landing pages and they have a template that is meant for just one big image and a little bit of copy. And it's one of their highest converting templates. So worth looking into. Now there's one more thing I want you to think about. And that is that if you are going to use more copy on your landing page, I think it's wise to have a little section about who you are, especially if you're marketing to a cold audience. So if you do add more copy on the landing page at the very bottom, if you put a little blurb, it doesn't have to always be at the very bottom, but typically that makes the most sense, a little blurb about why you are the best person to teach this content. So here's where it gets a little bit tricky. It's not a bio. It's not like five, six sentences of your bio, but you're writing it specifically for the webinar you're teaching. So if you're teaching on a certain topic, that bio should be two or three sentences and basically explains why you are the guy or the girl to be teaching this topic. So something in your experience or skill set makes you the expert to teach. You've got to talk about that in the little clip about you and maybe a picture of you included so people can connect with you. I think that's important, especially if you're just getting started, your audience is not your audience yet. You're still trying to attract them. They might want to know who you are and why it matters to the topic that you are going to learn about. All right. I have two resources for you that I want you to check out. They are both blog articles that are incredibly valuable and they were written by lead pages, the company that knows what converts. So I want you to 1 million percent check out these two blog posts. The first one is called Help, Why Isn't My Landing Page Working? 17 Common Flaws That May Be Blocking Your Success. I read it. I thought it was stellar. The second one is Six Clear Signs, It's Time for a Landing Page Redesign. So if you've been using the same landing page for a while and it just has stopped working or if you've been using one and it's just not working at all, both of these articles are going to be valuable. I'll post them in the show notes. Moving on. Challenge number three, my webinar isn't converting. So we've already gone over the challenge of my ads aren't converting and we've gone over the challenge. My landing page isn't converting. But what if you are getting people to that landing page, whether you're using ads or maybe you're using social media free traffic, people are coming to your landing page, they're signing up for your webinar, and now your webinar itself isn't converting. And I'm going to back up a little bit because you might even be saying, Amy, it's not that my webinar isn't converting. I'm not sure if it even converts. Nobody's showing up. They're signing up for my webinar, but they're not even showing up. So first, let me address that. If you're getting people signing up for your webinar, but then your show up rate is less than 25%, that typically is the average show up rate. I encourage my students inside my program webinars that convert to get to 40%. And I give them a lot of tools and tips to do so, but 25% is the average. And if you're not seeing that, 
then a few things might be happening. Number one, you might be having people sign up for your webinar too soon. So typically, if it's more than 10 days before the live webinar, that's a no-go. But I even think 10 days is probably too long. I like to fall into the window of seven to five days. And then I know that if you sign up for my webinar two or three days before I go live, you're actually more likely to show up live. So what happens is if if I sign up for your webinar 12 days before you go live, I have lost interest by the time the webinar hits. I don't remember why I was so excited and the 20 action items on my list that day are going to get in the way of me actually showing up. And then I'll have great intentions to check out the replay, but then I likely never will. So this is happens to people every single day. My webinars, your webinars, it's happening. So one thing that I do is I try to get the most signups right before I go live. So I might increase my ad budget just a few days before a live webinar. We're talking live webinars at this point. So I'll increase my ad spend just a few days before, or I'll do a few webinars. So I'll give them a two or three webinar dates to choose from, but they're usually back to back, like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And so I'm marketing just days before each of those leading up to it. Another thing is you must have a pre-webinar email sequence in place. All of my students in webinars that convert, you already know this, but if you're not in my program, let's talk about it just really quickly. It's important that when someone signs up for your webinar, up until the day of your live webinar, you're sending them emails to encourage them to get on live, but that's not all you're doing. You're sending them a an email, let's say you obviously are sending them the registration email right away. Instantly. You just signed up. I'm so excited. You're all registered. Here's what to do next. It might be download this workbook. We'll use it on the webinar or check out this blog post in the meantime, whatever it might be, but you're giving them the registration information, having them mark their calendar. But as you're getting closer to the live webinar, you're sending them emails. It's almost here. I'm so excited. I'm putting the final touches on it. Let me give you a little snapshot of what you're going to learn, or you might tell them a story or whatever. You're engaging with them. You're building the relationship with them even before they get on that live webinar. Your pre-webinar email sequence, incredibly important. So that's going to help you get more people on live. Another thing we've done is we'll actually send out an email the morning of a live webinar And we're only sending it to those that registered for the webinar. And we might use like an image of a clock or a timer or something like that. And the copy is your webinar is today and the countdown has begun. You have just a few hours. Make sure to check your email. I've sent you all the information again, just to have it at your fingertips. You're just talking to those people that signed up for your webinar. So that's a really great way to remind them, hey, it's today. You can even make a video ad if you want, or you can make a quick little video and email it to all your webinar registrants saying, today's the day. I know you're going to get busy. I know that an email is going to distract you. I know that your kids are going to run into the office and you're going to think, I don't have time for this, but let me tell you why that's a bad decision. So you actually talk about the things that are going to get in the way And then you cut it off right away and you talk about why it's important they show up live. Okay. So let's say you are getting people on your webinar live. They're actually showing up, but the webinar just isn't converting. And the first thing I want you to think about is your offer. You need to make sure that the free content that they signed up for, what you're teaching in the webinar is actually aligned with what you're selling. And this is a biggie. 
And this is why it's important to really take the time to build out some great free content in your webinar and make sure that it seamlessly aligns with whatever it is you're selling. Because whether you say it this way on a webinar or not, this is what that transition should look like. If you love this free content, if this is something that you really could get on board with, you want these results, you want to do this, you want to do that, then your next step is to join me in my program where I will show you exactly how to get these results. Now that you see the opportunity and you're excited, your next step is to buy my program. Obviously, you wouldn't say it like that on a webinar, but that's the behind the scenes conversation that needs to show up in your webinar. And so if you can't make that really seamless alignment between the two, something is probably off there. So I just want to put that out there that that's something you want to look at. Also, your webinar itself. I take a lot of pride in my webinar presentation, making sure that I'm giving great, valuable content. I have this motto, all my students know this, that when someone gets on a live webinar, before I go live, I say, no matter if they buy or not, they walk away from my webinar feeling excited, inspired, and driven to take action, no matter if they buy or not. And the reason why that's important to me is because I don't want them leaving a webinar thinking that was just a huge pitch fest the whole time. She promised that she would teach me this, this, and that. And all she did is she talked about her program that she wants to sell me. That's the last thing you ever want to happen on a webinar. So I put together an episode back at number 130. And the episode was called How to Sell on a Webinar Without Being Overly Salesy. And I want you to listen to that if you feel like you're getting people on your webinar, but it's just not converting into sales. It might mean that you're pitching in a way that's turning your audience off. So episode 130, I'll link to it in the show notes. I think that's one that you definitely want to listen to. But again, if they're getting on your webinar and it's not converting, it could have to do with your offer. It's not aligned with the free content you're teaching. You're selling in a way that feels awkward to them or not genuine or too salesy. We can combat that with episode number 130. And also, you've just got to pay attention to the flow of your webinar. You've got to keep them engaged throughout the entire thing so that when you get to the selling portion of your webinar, they are still right there with you. And one of the ways you do that is you make sure that in your free content, you are keeping them engaged. And you do that by asking them questions throughout the webinar. So that's another tip during the webinar. Are you asking them questions? Are you having them type into the chat? Are you responding to those chats if it's a live webinar? Really, really important. But in addition to that, I always tell my students that you want to have at least 80 slides for a 60-minute webinar. And some people hear that and think, what? Are you crazy? But in this case, less is more. So if you're doing a webinar for a full hour, at least 80 slides, I like to say 100, but I know that really freaks out some of my new students. So let's start with 80. Let's move to 100 as you get a little bit better with this. But what that means is that on each slide, you might have an image with one word, or you might just have an example of a screenshot you took, or you might just punctuate it with a quick little quote, but you don't have a bunch of stuff on your slides. So in my opinion, you hardly have 
any bullet points whatsoever. If let's say you have a slide with six bullet points and you build, so you're saying, well, Amy, I'm not showing all those bullet points at once. I click return and I build up on the slide. Instead of building through bullet points, make that six different slides with just a few words on each slide to punctuate your point. So that makes a really big difference because you're constantly moving your slides and that brings them into the presentation. So if they are distracted by an email, but you're moving your slides, boom, 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 and you're saying some really great stuff that's valuable to them and they're learning, they're going to come back to you. If they got distracted, they're going to come back in. And at any point during your webinar, you can even say, hey, if you're multitasking right now and something else grabbed your attention, come back to me because this next tip I'm going to teach you is so invaluable that you never want to miss it. So you can kind of be a little bit playful with that as well. But just know that part of the reason why you might not be converting on your webinar is that it's disorganized or it's boring or it just isn't keeping their attention. And so by the time you get to the selling portion, you've lost them. So it's important that you pay attention to the flow. And so I'm going to link to some resources in my show notes where I've talked about putting together your presentation just to make sure that you have it designed in a way that's going to be incredibly valuable for your audience and keeps their attention throughout the entire presentation. Now, remember at the very beginning of this episode, I promised you a strategy that I am literally doing in my business right now, and it's really, really good, and you can use it with webinars or any campaign that you're running. Well, here it is. So I got to deliver on my promise. We recently had a situation where we were running an automated webinar that was converting like crazy, but it's been running for a long time now, and we've exhausted some of our best targeting options, and we noticed that it's just not converting into sales like it used to. So what we decided to do is we decided to do a full funnel evaluation slash audit, and I wanted to share this with you because this is something you can do as well. So let me explain what you would do. If your webinar just is not converting and you know that some of these troubleshooting tips I just gave you could be helpful, but you feel like maybe it's a bigger thing that maybe you're just missing something. Something just seems off and you're not really sure what it is. Well, you might want to start with a funnel audit or funnel evaluation, whatever you want to call it. Let's just call it an audit. So here's what you would do. You would hire somebody or use somebody on your team that knows your audience, understands the program or service that you're selling, and has a good eye for copy that converts. So in some cases, maybe you're using a copywriter that you feel really comfortable with. You know they understand you. They've written copy for you before. They understand your audience. So you could use a copywriter. You could use somebody on your team that's really well-versed in, in everything that your program is all about. You could hire somebody and kind of fill in the holes for them, but you know that they're a really talented marketer. They'd have a good eye for this. So you can decide who you want to use. But once I explain what the audit looks like, then it will probably be clear to you who you want to use. Okay. So here's what you do. You have somebody go through your entire campaign, a campaign, a funnel. I'm using those words interchangeably. That means that he or she will start at the entry point of your funnel. For me, that means they started with my Facebook ads. They looked at the Facebook ads that were leading to the webinar registration page. 
So this person starts at the beginning of your funnel and they experience it just like a student or possible student, a potential customer would experience it. So they start and they look at your ad, they read your ad or they watch your video ad, whatever it might be. And then they click over to the webinar registration page and they evaluate the entire webinar registration page, making sure that there's alignment between what the ad says and what the registration page says. They opt in and they get all the pre-webinar emails. You can do this in real time or you can just give them everything and show them what the flow looks like. So they can opt in like they're really going to be someone that's registering for your webinar or you can just give them everything to review. But then they look at all your pre-webinar emails. From there, they get on the webinar, they watch the entire webinar, and then they get all the post-webinar emails, the promo emails that you're sending out, and they pay close attention to the offer as well, the sales page, wherever you're sending them. They pay close attention to the replay page that people are going to see if they didn't see the live webinar. So they look at every asset as though they're going through the funnel to be possibly become a customer of yours. So they're doing this audit with an eye on, is this the right messaging? Does this make sense? Is this compelling enough? And one thing we notice, so let me give you an example what this is going to possibly uncover for you. One thing we noticed with one of my funnels was that we were targeting entrepreneurial newbies with the ad and with my free content to even start the funnel. And so we were attracting these entrepreneurial newbies, people just starting out. And the ad was about just starting out. The landing page was about just starting out. Even the webinar talked about just starting out. But then what happened was after the webinar, some of the post-webinar emails, the promo emails, We're talking a little bit more about if you've stopped and started along the way, if you've tried this, but it hasn't worked, then this program is for you. And there was a disconnect because the person that identified this said, wait a second. So is this for those who have stopped and started? They've been at it for a while. They want to take things to the next level. They're not sure where they should change things. Or is this truly for a newbie? Because you attracted the newbie and now your messaging has changed in your post-webinar email. And here's another thing we uncovered, the testimonials on the sales page talked about people that had been at it for a while, and then they shifted something and saw big results. That's not an entrepreneurial newbie. So I had to sit down and say, okay, who is this program for? It can't be for everybody. How do I need to tweak my messaging to make sure it's aligned from the get-go throughout the entire funnel? And I think this is a mistake that many of us have made. And I think sometimes it happens because we tweak funnels a lot. So if you have been at it for a while, you've likely changed your emails around, you've updated your sales page, you put new testimonials up there. This is what happened to me. And so we tweaked here and there to make it better, but somehow along the way, our messaging got mixed up. And so this audit uncovers all of that kind of stuff. And it will uncover things for you like, What's not working on your landing page? You know, I talked about reading those articles about how to fix a landing page. Well, whoever is doing the audit should be well-versed in understanding what converts on a landing page so they can identify, look, you've got this here and that there, and this button's in the wrong place. That's why I'd rather you 
pay someone for a few hours of their time if they're skilled in online marketing to point out some mismatches that you might have. So again, I don't have it all figured out on who you should hire. You can figure that out, but they do need to be experienced too so they can identify something not working with an ad image or ad copy. If they can look at your targeting, great, but I didn't actually do that. I just had them look at it as though a potential customer was looking at it. And then, of course, they had the skill set to know your landing page is off because of this or that, if that was the case. It wasn't in my case. So anyway, this audit could be really valuable for you. And you want to make sure that they're set up, they have all the information they need, and then they just go to town. And then you can get on the phone with them or they could deliver a report to you or whatever it might be. And then you go and test and you just change one thing at a time. Because if you change 10 things, you'll never know if one is really working and one is a huge waste of time. So again, baby steps, just take one thing at a time, have blinders for the rest of it. So that dreaded O word, overwhelm, doesn't even come into play. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. So there you have it. We troubleshooted your biggest webinar challenges. We talked about Facebook ads, webinar registration pages, your webinar itself. Remember, you are just going to choose one thing at a time and then tackle it. See if that was the issue. If it's not, move on to the next. To help you stay organized, I created your webinar problem solving toolkit where I listed everything I talked about with you here, but I also added extra things you can troubleshoot. I wanted you to have a really comprehensive list. We broke it up into categories like your ads, your landing page, your webinar slide deck, your webinar offer, your post webinar emails. I even went into some of that in this checklist. So you definitely want to grab it instantly. If you're not doing webinars yet, save it for when you are ready to tackle a new webinar campaign. So again, your webinar problem-solving toolkit, you can get it at amyporterfield.com forward slash 165 download. Now, if you want to check out some of those links I talked about today, you can go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 165. You'll get the freebie there as well. So that might just be your one-stop shop, amyporterfield.com forward slash 165, everything, including the freebie and all the links and that example of that registration page I promised you, All of it can be found at amyporterfield.com forward slash 165. So there you have it. I started the conversation today talking about the fact that we've got to flip the switch on the conversations we're having in our head. So now that we've gone through this entire episode, promise me if you do nothing else today, you're just going to be very aware of how you talk to yourself, how you express what you're feeling and what's going on in your business and see if you can flip the switch to have a different conversation, because I promise you, if it does nothing else, it's just going to make sure that you have a better day and that you're kinder to yourself. You're kinder to those people in your life that matter the most. So be very careful with those conversations. I cannot wait to meet you here again next week. Next week's episode number 166 is a play-by-play of how I rework an existing online training program to make it better. So I've been in the thick of it with List Builders Lab, and I want to talk to you about how I rework a program so I don't have to start from scratch, but I got to make it better. And I'll tell you how I do that in episode 166 next week. I cannot wait to see you here again. Have a wonderful week. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.